We are New Song, a four-square church in beautiful Colorado Springs. We love Jesus. We love each other. We are family. If you have any questions or prayer requests, you can always visit us simply by going to newsongcs.com. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. Thank you guys. Thank you for helping us make this season so fun. I'm a little dizzy. Apparently I'm a little bit dizzy. We had a great time on our Easter egg hunt, our Good Friday, our Palm Sunday, our Ladies' Tea. It wouldn't have happened without you guys making uh, your teams work. It was awesome. It was a good time together. Today I want to share uh, a message. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, about what God wants to do in our lives. I am so glad to be a part of this family, but I have some family here besides uh, just you as my family. I have, I have uh, I don't want to say real family because it's some other family. I have some other family here. I have my Uncle Dominic here. I have, uh, are you my cousin, Jerry? Are we cousins? Or? Uh-huh, yes, we're cousins. I have my Aunt Marie here, and then I have my great aunt, uh, Aunt Carmela here today. I wanted you to um, stand Aunt Carmela just for a moment, um, and I want you to give her a big round of applause, and I'll tell you why. She has been the matriarch of uh, pretty much of our family for uh, many, many years. She is a godly woman. She is 90. One years old, and she doesn't act older than maybe like I don't fifty or something. She her mind is completely there, and she is very sharp on the things of the spirit. There, she's not listening. You're very sharp in the things of the spirit, and that testifies to us as a couple. Cynthia and I. She's been a very big encouragement to us, as well as um, the rest of the family. I appreciate. Um, not only financial gifts, but encouragement. And then my mom is here too. Uh, but you probably already know her, Kathy. Um, it's actually it's Cynthia's mom, but it's um, yeah. we call her T. T uh, Jane calls her T. So, um, but they have been a big encouragement to us of what God can do in our lives. And they, oh, you know, some some family will say. Oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. But they actually always believed that we could do it. We would have dinner together, and um, they would always encourage us. And it's appropriate that today we're talking about what God can do through us. And I am so excited for God to speak to us today, amen. Look at your Bibles at Luke chapter 24. It'll also be on the screen. Um, we're going to read just a short part of the end of a story, and I'm going to go back and talk a little bit about the beginning of it. This story happened right after Easter. It happened the third day when Jesus rose from the dead. This is where Jesus went after he rose from the dead. It doesn't make sense to me that he would take the time with these guys, but he does. And he ends up taking, taking a walk with a couple of people and ends up at their house. Because that's what Jesus does. He gets into your business, and he gets to your house. And he actually ends up having dinner with them. And it says, now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread. He blessed it. We're going to talk a little bit about this more next week in the week after. In the week after. But this part is really very important. He took bread. He blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to the men. Or to, to them. It was actually probably a... 
uh, we'll get to that too, but I don't, I think, I don't think it was a husband, uh, two men, I think it was a husband and wife. But then, after that, only after that, they had just been on a walk together, all the way to their house, seven miles from Jerusalem, but they did not know who Jesus was. And then it says, then their eyes were open when Jesus broke the bread and he gave it to them. I don't know if it was because when he broke the bread, they saw the nail prints where he had died. I don't know what it was, but their eyes were opened. And he vanished from their sight. And then they were like, whoa, he just vanished. That's weird. And said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us? I want to show you what amazing things Jesus can do for you when your eyes are really open. The journey on the seven-mile walk that these two people went on with Jesus probably took about four hours. We're going to take about four weeks to go through this and unpack what happened there. But today, today I want to speak prophetically to your life about the plans that he has for you. Because, you know, maybe you are not a believer and he's got big plans, but maybe you are a Christian and you have salvation. Do you know that salvation is not your end uh, destination is just the beginning of what God wants to do. We have some people here that have served Jesus for many, many years. But you know what? There is never a time when God is done working with you. And it's not a boring thing. It's not a, oh, no, he's not done with me. It's an exciting thing. Um, I've entitled this new song series, The Greatest Thing Since Sliced Bread. Kind of to have fun with the uh, Jesus breaking bread, but also... Um, there are a lot of things that Jesus can do in your life if you allow him to be bread in your hands. And today, the, the sliced bread, the, the, the greatest thing since sliced bread is not you, Rusty. The greatest thing since sliced bread, and you know this, of course, is that God has called you and he's got a plan for you. That's the greatest thing. And today, the, the uh, message is entitled... See what Jesus can do for you. Lord, we just love you today. We praise you. We ask that you would anoint uh, my words and that you would anoint everyone's ears here. That sometimes when I come to church, I'm not ready to hear. But we need to be ready. We got this time together, and you need to speak to us. It would be a waste of our time to come into this place if you don't speak to me. If you don't speak to each person here in the way, in exactly the way that they need, the thing that they need for their life. And I believe that will happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Our family, uh, I want to declare something very spiritual, uh, loves bread. We love bread. We're not, Oprah's not the only one that loves bread. We love bread. In fact, it's very appropriate that uh, some extended family are here today because I would go to their house every Sunday after church, and I grew up in a, um, not an Italian family, but they're Italian, and Italians love bread. And my family loved bread, but we would have a, a, like, like a loaf of bread, like a, seriously, you're going to laugh at this, but we would have like a, like a loaf of like white bread or something, and we would use that in our dinner. This family, they, they all bring bread. Everyone brings a loaf of bread, you know, a, a baguette or a... They bring all this bread and, and everyone loves bread and you just eat. bread is the main course. There's pasta and there's meat, but there's bread. There's bread at the beginning, there's bread at the end. There's bread when you get there. Oh come on, come sit down. Uncle Dominic, my first when I met Cynthia, he said 
Why do I, yes, I know that I'm a child of God, but why these things, why do I feel so insignificant? Why do I care, like, why do I feel like nobody cares? Why did I be raised in the house that I was raised in? Why did this happen to me? These things, we reason them together. And Jesus might show up right in our midst, in the middle of them, and we might not even recognize them. Have you been there? Why didn't you heal them? Why are they still in the hospital? Why are my kids so far away from their faith? We have our questions about these things that have happened in our life, and we reason together. This is the circumstance where Jesus, I would like to say everybody say Jesus, but just say it to yourself, where Jesus chooses to take a walk with these two strangers and help them see, I'm alive. I, I've done something. I'm alive. Everything about your these things has changed. Everything about everything about these things has changed your life because I'm alive. But there was something, it says in the word there, that something, Jonathan, I told him I'll keep his attention. Are you listening? There was something keeping them from seeing Jesus. I don't know what it was that was keeping them. Maybe it was these things in their life. There are times even one week, seven days after Easter Sunday, everybody smile. It's a good day today. I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. I want to talk to you. There are things one week after Easter Sunday that keep us from recognizing resurrection that just happened right in front of us. I don't know, or marriage, or problems, or relationships, or, or situations, but things keep us from seeing resurrection. And let me tell you, I'll encourage you with this. Yes, I love Easter. How many love Easter here? I love Easter Sunday. There is something anointed about Easter Sunday. When you wake up on Sunday morning, you don't need coffee. You just feel Jesus. When you come to church, you just feel celebration. And Jesus loves Easter too, I think. But God usually doesn't show up on Easter. The rest of the Bible, the rest of the world, the rest of life is not about God showing up in the lights and the smoke machine and the, the resurrected tomb and the tombstone to the sun. That's not how Jesus usually shows up. Jesus usually is mistaken the gardener. Mary, last week we talked about Mary, and I said, Mary, and he said, oh, I'm looking for Jesus, don't don't bother. She mistook him as the gardener because usually he shows up in a quiet moment, and he says your name, Steve, Stephen, Steve, there's a lot of Steve's in there, but he says it to me too, I'm here. And we don't recognize it usually because it's just in those moments. And he shows up on roads like Emmaus with two people who gave up on it. They could have at least waited for a couple more hours. It was the third day, it says. They should have waited a couple hours. They would have seen Jesus raising them. He raised them. He found them on the road. How many times has God tried to display his resurrection power through you and me and we miss it? Because we think it should happen like this. And it should happen at church. 
and it should happen in, at the conference. I've been to a lot of conferences and a lot of great worship concerts, Hillsong and all these, you know, yeah, we're just worshiping Jesus, it's so awesome. But you know that probably when God shows up the most uh, dearly to me, I feel him the closest. It's when not at the Hillsong concert, it's in a quiet place by myself in my room by myself Amen. that's where Jesus usually shows up and there are people in your life maybe that God is speaking to you about he might speak to you at the grocery store he might speak to you at the Italian market he might speak to you at school at work and he'll say I'm not going to show up to them the way you think I should show up you're trying to get them to go to your church, and I'm right here, right now, ready to speak to their situation and their moment and their timing. Yeah. Right now, I am here. See what I can do through you. Amen? Amen. But God shows up to Cleopas, and probably is his wife, in the middle of nowhere, not at a destination in front of the whole city of Jerusalem with the cameras and the lights. That's the way I think it should have been. But he shows up on a quiet road just like he showed up in the earth, humbly, in a little town, Bethlehem, no fanfare, just right next to them talking, they didn't even recognize him, on a detour. In their life, they a detour for Jesus, certainly. I think if his disciples had known already that he was alive and they saw him go on this road with these guys, he, they would say, Again, Jesus, we've been telling you this is not good for your press. You always get off detouring into people's lives. You help the lady with the issue of blood on our way somewhere. You help the man. You found the guy up in the tree and you said, Zacchaeus, come down. And they're like, don't talk to him. And then they talk to him. And then what did he do? I want to come to your house for dinner. Everyone heard it. Oh my gosh, you don't meet with Zacchaeus. He's not the guy you want to meet. And here he is again. He was on the Meeting though, I can think of lots of them. The lady with the at the well, you know, he met with the woman at the well. I'm sure the disciples would have said, hey. <coughs> And here he is meeting with these guys. Why is this important? Why am I bringing this up? Why is this important? Because it matters, it matters <laughs> not to us, but it shows us what matters to God. It shows us that what matters to God. Is not, yes, it was great, the resurrection and the way he did it, but it matters to him is his plans for you. And he'll find you. He desires to do great things for folks like me. And he'll find you where you are. Verse verse 17, it says, What converse uh, they were in a conversation and Jesus said, What kind of conversation is that you guys are talking about? Because you look so sad. I uh, I, I showed up and you're, you're talking, you're sad, and this is not good. And they're like, oh my gosh, don't you know? And you can kind of go through this. I'm going to just say it in my words. You can just follow along. Don't you know that um, Jesus uh, was crucified today in, or, you know, two, three days ago in Jerusalem? And it's a really bad time. He said he was going to raise and he didn't rise from the dead. It's not good. Things are not happy. Things are not happy. They are sad. And verse 20, how the chief priests, they rulers who delivered them to be condemned to death and crucified him. And verse 21, but we were hoping 
you don't, you weren't there. Did you not notice? We were hoping he was going to redeem Israel. He was going to be this guy. Palm Sunday, we waved our palm branches. We were hoping he was going to deliver us. He was going to save us from the Romans. He was going to cut our taxes. He was going to fix our problems. And we were hoping. As they were hoping and reasoning about the things that had happened, they were missing the miracle that was right before their eyes. Jesus listens to their babbling when we were hoping that God would do it this way. But now I'm disappointed because God, I was hoping. I know that a lot of us pray like this. Oh God, you know, this is what I wanted. This is how it was supposed to be. This is what I'm very disappointed right now. I was hoping. I was wishing. Jesus just listens. He was probably even smiling at these guys. And the Holy Spirit wanted to gently nudge us today and say, your reasoning that we think is so smart, our wishing that we think we got it figured out, is keeping us, or could be keeping us, from the next thing that God's got for us. Right. Jesus would say, see what I can do. I know I say this a lot today, but I want you to get this. See what I can do for you. Well, I know you've looked before. <coughs> see what I can do for you now. I got new things for you. So then Jesus started where they were in their thinking and their things and explained everything to them about himself. He started way back at creation. He told them everything about himself, and they still were not figuring out that this was Jesus talking about Jesus right in front of them, showing it from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Not the New Testament. It hadn't been written in the guess, but recognize what Jesus wants to do in your life. That's what he was trying to help you to see. If we had opened our eyes to what Jesus had truly done for us, we would see you and I would see that it's not us that has gotten us where we're at right now. Right. A lot of us think, oh, no, I got myself to church. I got myself to Jesus. I kind of know him. I've read my Bible a few times. You know, Jesus has been finding you. Jesus yeah. goes down the seven-mile road, whatever the road. It says that it was seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. He walks with these guys. It might be 77 miles he's walked with you, or 777,777. He'll walk with you until you get things right. And he found you. That's why you are here today. That's why you are where you're at in your belief. He will hunt you down, not to condemn you, not to put you down, not to make you feel bad. Oh, but he will hunt you down because he wants to give you grace. That doesn't make sense. He finds you. I'm going to find you, Brian. I'm going to bring you back to me. And I am going to give you what you don't deserve because that's who I am. That's what he did with me. That's what he does with us. That's what he did with you. There's a song from my past that I remember and it says, He lives. He lives. He walks with me. He talks with me along life's hard, narrow way. He lives. And he's walking. He will find when he will walk with you. So amen. 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 Would you somebody come up and play some music? We're finished today. But one thing I want to leave you with. It's a great story right after Easter, isn't it? The Emmaus Road is perfect. 
perfect for people like me who think, well, Jesus, I know I believe differently, but I think, I reason, Jesus needs to be other places with other people and other churches and other more important things. But he wants to be with me. And he leaves the tomb and he comes and finds me. And he finds you. That's just good. Jesus sat at the table with them finally at the end of their journey. He was going to leave and they said, oh man, there's something about this guy, something about this guy, Jesus. I don't know his name yet, but uh, you got to come to our house. you got to come sit with us at our table. you got to spend the night. And Jesus is like, i got a lot of things to do. You don't even know the things i got to do. i got so many people to appear to, but I'm God, so I can do what I want. So yes, I will come to your house. And he sat at the table with them, verse 30, and he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it. And then their eyes were opened. And I imagine that Jesus might have said through this meal, and maybe this is why they understood finally who he was. They said, he said to them, maybe, I died on the cross. I rose from the dead. That very same spirit that raised me from the dead. It can live in you, my friend. It can quicken your mortal body. It can bring you to life. You are sad right now, but there's no reason for your sadness, for your depression, for your fear, for your anxiety, for your disbelief, for your insignificance, because I have given you the same spirit. And they're like, whoa, this, this is not just some guy. This is Jesus. And he says... I will take you, my brother, my sister. I will take you just like I take this bread. I will break, I will bless you first. I will bless you, and he's done this to me. And then I will break you. Oh, I will make that part. And then I will give you. And you will be a disciple. You will be a follower for me. I have done it, and now I've walked it out, and now you can do it too. And they were like, you. What just happened? And then he disappeared. And they said, and our hearts burned within us because there was something special about this guy. The Spirit was on him, and now the Spirit is on us. And next week, we'll talk about how the Father can take us and bless us. We got to, we're going to talk about how he breaks us, and that's no fun, or light breaks us. But then when we're broken, he does something with us. He gives us. He finds a way to take broken people. Father God did this to Jesus. He took a situation that we would think is, why would this happen? And made it the miracle of the world. That the reason that we are alive today and that we have forgiveness, because he gave us. God gave Jesus to us. Can you stand with me just for a moment before we close? Usually this just causes you to turn off your brain. So maybe I should say, sit down! So you turn off your brain. But stay, stay connected because God wants to challenge you with a couple, couple of things today, a couple of questions. I started off today by saying, see what God can do through you. I want you to focus on God for a minute and say, God, is there, seriously, can you work through me? 
I want to prophesy something over someone today, and it might be over all of us. I know it's over me. Prophecy is when the word of God lines up with an encouraging word. I never said it like that in my whole life, but yeah, that's kind of what prophecy is. It's an encouraging word to you. I'm not a prophet, but I sense when God speaks to me, and I want to share what he's saying to me, and he wants to say to you. We know he's saying it to our church, and it's this. I believe you are going into an extremely fruitful season in your life. Don't deny it. Don't say, no, not me. Not me. Take this for yourself. I believe you are going into a very fruitful season in your life in three ways. Spiritually, physically, and financially. I want to say, actually it's four and it's right there. I'm not just making this up now. It says this, spiritually, financially, physically, and relationally. In certain situations with friends or relationships or family. And I bet God would say, just wait and see what I am getting ready to do in your life. I am alive. I walk with you. I talk with you. And the greatest thing since sliced bread is that God has a continuing plan for you. Hear this. It's not over yet for you. He's got new songs for you. He's got more fruitfulness for you. Do you know that Jesus, do you know that Father God never runs out of assignments? Oh, I don't know what else to tell her to do or him to do. I just run out of things for you to do for you. Uh, you're done. Have some rest. Just relax. Come to church. Just show up. Leave. Say hi to a few people. Say bless you. Say brother. Say sister. God doesn't run out of assignments. And he never plateaus in the destinations that he has for you to go to. He will show up on your way to that destination. I promise you he will be there for you. Close your eyes for a minute, maybe, if it would just help you to focus. Will you examine your heart and see if your eyes have been restrained from seeing these things Jesus wants to do that are right before your eyes? Maybe you are looking for God to work in a different way than he did or that he's doing. Because I was hoping, God, I was wishing. I encourage you today. Give it to him. Say, God, I, I don't know what you, I don't know how you're working. And maybe what's happening in your heart and your life is not because of God. Maybe it's because there actually is a devil. Maybe it's because of your your decisions, your dumb decisions. But Jesus doesn't call them dumb. He just says, yep, that's what happens. That's why I will find you on your road, and I will hunt you down with my grace, and I will give it to you, and I will give you my mercy. Amen? Amen. That speaks to me. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't give up on you yet. He will show you mercy. I will walk beside you as long as it takes for you to see. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to this earth. And thank you that Jesus was not a prima donna. Thank you that Jesus cares about us and it's because you care about us. And that you're watching us and that you're planning things for us. I am open for you to take me again. I am open for you to bless me again, for you to break me again, for you to give me again. 
however long it takes for the one in here that just can't see you, walk with them. Jesus would say, I know you can't see me yet. I'm right in front of you, but you can't see. I'm going to wait. And yes, I resurrected. But it means, what it means to me is when you sense the resurrection in your own life. And I will take as long as it takes for you to see that. I will make sure it happens in your life. And that it causes life change. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would show us your power. That you would show us life change. That we would never leave this place without giving up something to you. And we give up something new to you today and we say, be alive in our hearts in a new way today. Be alive in my heart in a new way, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Yeah. Amen. See, leave this place and see what God can do through you. I'm so blessed to have my friends here that I met at the park in my neighborhood. It is a blessing. It is an honor to have you today. I don't want to see where you so I'm telling you who are. But there are people in your parks that you need to talk to that might need to be in church. They might need to not be in church, but they need to be home. They need to find their home and you need to help them to do that. Amen? Amen. Happy Easter. Can I say that again today? Tell someone around you happy Easter. Happy Easter.